Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Swell Radio. My name is Wallace Chain. I'm joined again with Sunny Wang. Today we're going to talk about valuable lessons of life, uh, moments in our life where we had epiphanies and has really changed our mindset moving forward. Before we get into that, we always review what's happened in the last week, what has changed, and what's exciting. So, Sunny, tell me about your last seven days. You know, as I told you all, this uh, last seven days have been uh, pretty uh, stressful for me, actually. Um, it's been um, a lot of work. Um, you know, it just piled up and, um, you know, all of a sudden, I uh, didn't expect that, you know, there's going to be so much workload uh, this past week. And, uh, and plus, the weather hasn't been uh, that good, so I haven't really been able to uh, get out much uh, to do my hike, uh, weekly hike. And that's something that, you know, I actually uh, wish uh, I could have done, but uh, that's okay. You know, um, you know, the good thing is, you know, there's always the good thing that, that you know, getting a lot of work done and uh, uh, this is going really well. So, you know. And the great thing is what people don't realize is we grow the most through hardship. So as things are going and things are progressing, everything's going right. We don't really learn, you know, we're just kind of coasting and life is good. But, you know, when life, life knocks you down and you're struggling and you're trying to figure things out, you're going to exit stronger. And I think that was kind of the whole theme of 2020, right? We had a really rough year collectively as a whole. The entire human population has had a rough year, not just you, not just me. But if we emerged, we came out stronger. We came out uh, just, you know, uh, just better prepared. And uh, I think a lot of what we're talking about is, 2020 was a year learning. 2021 is the year to apply. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I think uh, there's always uh, learning opportunities. Uh, every day we live, every day we, we go through life, there's always opportunity to learn. And there's always opportunity to apply to the things that we learn. Um, so, you know, uh, obviously 2020 was a crazy year for everyone. Uh, probably one of the most difficult years for certain people and a lot of lessons being learned. Uh, 2021, you know, um, I'm really hoping that, you know, we can apply some of the lessons that we learned in 2020, you know, as a, as a whole, you know, as individually, you know, yeah. On that note, uh, I wanted to break topic and actually address something that's more current. Um, as a financial advisor and you're always in touch with the markets, what is your take on the, the Redditors uh, versus like uh, uh, Melvin Capital or Wall Street, uh, specifically the, the GameStop uh, phenomenon? And then uh, what we expect to see with um, uh, the theater chain? Yeah. AMC. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, uh, I've been tracking those stocks uh, uh, last, uh, actually, especially for AMC, I've been tracking for weeks now. Um, I haven't really jumped in um, because, um, you know, uh, stocks is getting to the point. It's like, you know, under five bucks. You know, it's like a penny stock. You know? So uh, and with the back, uh, with the pandemic still going on, I didn't really know uh, where this uh, industry was going. Um and, uh, and, but then all of a sudden, you know, yesterday jumped to 300%. So, uh, just like a game shop, a game stop, right? Um, 
there were spouts go out of business and uh, all of a sudden they're just uh, taking off. <laughs> but what do you think? Is the public going to keep these stocks inflated or is Wall Street going to yeah. win at the end? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, these days uh, everybody's investing. People that have never invested in the past, so they're investing. Uh, it, it, they've turned the stock market into the new casino. Uh, which, you know, casinos are closed, right? So there's nowhere to, to go uh, put your money, uh, you know, gamble with your money. You know, I think uh, the stock market is turning into the, uh, the new casino. I, I think, um, I think uh, you know, um, you know, th- this is definitely inflated at some point, I, I believe. Uh, I mean, New Yorkers have always called the stock market, the stock exchange, the casino, right? Now, because people are at home and, you know, because of the dips and falls and people are seeing not just the stock market, but the crypto market has been going insane as well. Um, people haven't been traveling. They haven't been buying, you know, so they've been trying to find... Um, I, I, the one thing on the wall with certain is people suck at saving and, you know, you make money, it has to go somewhere. It's like it's yeah. hot little, you know, $20, 220000 in their pocket. They have to spend it. Right. And it either goes to luxury goods or it goes to stock market. It goes somewhere else. But now these people who have inflated game slot game uh, stop and then uh, AMC also have a, a dilemma. They do have a conundrum. Right. So, say they bought in and they said, you know, Hey, we're going to rally. It's just going to be fun. And I put in say a thousand bucks, right. Just because it's a thousand dollars. I, you know, I don't need it. It's, it's uh, if I lose that, it's fine, but I'm going to be part of this thing. But that thousand dollars went up like 400%. It's worth, you know, it's worth 4,000 now. Right. So now they have a dilemma. Do I hold and continue with the Redditors or do I sell and realize that profit, right? At some point, if they all decide, hey, the temptation is too much and we all have to sell and realize those profits, the real loser is GameStop. GameStop is gonna plummet, right? And then if Wall Street places their short bets, they kind of still win. So what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people have been shorting the stock, but I, I, I clearly they're losing money on it. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, but at some point I think, uh, it will, it will come down. Um, you know, this is right now just uh, artificially inflated. It's yeah, almost no, like I think 100% it's going to come yeah. down. There's no way that stock is yeah. worth that much. Uh, right. it's been artificially propped. And at some point you you're in a, you're in a conundrum now because you're like, well, how long are we going to prop the stock and really, you know, if we're propping up the stock, what's the return on? There's no return on us. You don't realize profits in the stock market until you actually sell. So even though you went in, say at a thousand, it went up say four or 500%, but that stock falls and it, it bottoms below, you know, your thousand entry point, you lose money. You never realized, you know, in, in my market and what I do, you know, people think like, oh, I bought this home for a million dollars. It's worth like 1.8 now, right? You didn't earn eight hundred thousand, right? That's just what your home is worth. You don't actually earn that eight hundred thousand unless you sell it and realize it. Right. Although with a home, you could kind of cash out refi, but that just means you're eight hundred thousand more in debt. It doesn't mean you like earn eight hundred thousand. And we the real estate market is not going to be that volatile like the stock market. You know. No, but but that. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It, it's false, false profits. Right. right. Um, 
so unlike a casino, because a casino will uh, tell you that you won money really quick or you lost money really quick. Uh, but that's also danger things about, uh, about uh, the stock market. But that being said, let's move on to the topic at hand. Um, how old are you, Sonny, if you don't mind? I'm 42. 42. And then you came here when you were when? Uh, 97. I was 19. 19. So Sonny was originally born uh, in mainland China. And then uh, his mother and him got sponsored to come over here when he was 19. That's roughly kind of when I met Sonny as well. So uh, shit, we've known each other for, uh, was that 22 years? Yeah. 23 years? About, it's been a minute. Uh, yeah. In that time and in that journey, were there any parts of your life that has stood out that were, you know, you know, clearly polarized the way you, you think? And I don't want yeah. to start with something recent. I want to go back. I want yeah. to go way back. Right. Absolutely. Uh, that will be the first lesson I wanted to talk about today. It is very valuable. Um, at that age, um, I was still, you know, barely coming out of teenage, you know, um, years. And uh, I can be, be honest with you, when, when, during the teenage years, you know, when I was in China, you know, I, you know, wasn't, wasn't doing very well. <laughs> you know, um, I was uh, probably the worst student in the entire school. And so to put that into a little bit of perspective, how, how large was your class? How big was the school? Yeah, in China, I mean, the school, the, the, the class is huge. Uh, I remember, uh, I remember most was in my, my middle school. We had probably 60, 70 kids in, uh, in you know, one classroom. Yeah. Wow. And we complained yeah. that 30 and 40 is too many here. Oh, yeah. And so you thought you were the worst kid in class. Out of 60, you were the oh, worst one. Oh, in the one. entire school. <laughs> entire school. So, Jesus. So yeah. that's. That, that's that's a crazy number. Yeah. I mean, was that something they told you or you just felt that way? Um, so I, I felt that way. Uh, I didn't feel that way when I was in my uh, when I was in middle school because uh, there were definitely worse kids than me. You know? mm -hmm. But when I got into the high school, which I was not supposed to get in. Um, so and, uh, unlike America, where like I think uh, as long as you do the bare minimum, uh, I think uh, elementary, middle, and high school is guaranteed. After that, it's paid for, right? Before that, it's all on tax dollars dime. In China, there's a ranking system. Like you have to pass tests and you have to earn good enough scores to get to the next tier. And, and it's not only that, it's also highly regulated in... Uh, you have to take a test to get into college and then a specific major and then you you exit that and then you go into a certain profession depending on your test so in china like your tests are everything um right yeah that was the case i i, I remember not, not anymore i'm just saying like when you were in school right right i don't know what is it like now but uh, i i remember that was the case uh, but from elementary school to middle school i think uh, that was pro pretty much guaranteed but then from middle school to high school you have to take this major test to 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 get in i think uh, otherwise, you don't get in. You can choose to go to trade school or something. You know, uh, that that was kind of the the path uh, um, for for all the kids. You know, during that time. But when I got into high school, I, I knew for sure that I was wasn't supposed to be there. I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. I didn't. I basically flunked the test. You know, I, I I know I didn't do well. 
I mean, how did that uh, make you feel? I mean, was that content inspiring? Like, oh man, I just hacked the system. I'm in here. I outsmarted the test or did it make you feel not so good? Like, like, damn, all these kids are smarter than me. Like, I really don't belong here. Did it make you feel like you had to work harder or did it like scare the shit out of you? And, you know, like you didn't know what to do next. I just, you know, honestly, I didn't want to be there. Um, I didn't feel like uh, I, I was, you know, I, I belong there. So school was just not your thing when you were in. No, it wasn't my thing. You know, uh, I got in because uh, in China, you can get in anywhere. You just know people. Right. <laughs> you just, you know, pay a little bit of money and you get in. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I got in. Basically, uh, mm-hmm. I basically failed all my tests. You know, I can tell you that major test I did, you know, I remember taking that English test. I when I first got in the, uh, the test room, I met this uh, kid and um, uh, we're hitting it off and uh, we made a bet. We said, uh, let's see who get out of here first. Okay. So uh, I did um, because I closed my eyes. I just made a choices, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> it took me uh, probably like a, under a minute to finish that test. That's how serious I took, you know, uh, with that test. And which, you know, that was one of the major tests, you know, uh, at the time for all the kids from middle school to high school. Right. I didn't even care. I got out of there. He was, he followed right, right after. And then we went to a shoe pool, you know, so that's. So both of you failed that test. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, you, I don't know you where kept he's in touch at with this now, kid? but. Yeah. Huh? And so no, you don't know where yeah. he's at. Don't tell my mom. <laughs> she still doesn't know. <laughs> Well, she listens to this podcast. She's about to know. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. So, so where was the pifty moment? So you, you uh, weren't supposed to be in high school. You're at the bottom of your class. You really didn't care about this test. You know, you were at the billiards uh, instead of studying. Uh, where was the pifty moment? You know, uh, so I dropped out of high school after like one year. Um, so you paid someone, you got into high school, you weren't supposed to be there, and then you dropped out. Yep. So, and then uh, I started- So it's not not like you didn't care about school. You kind of just didn't care about anything. You didn't care about, you didn't value, you know, um, because clearly, you know, you didn't pay the money. Your parents or someone did. It wasn't yours. You know, kids at that age don't have cash enough, nothing to be influential about. So- they worked hard. They earned the money. They got you into high school. They tried to get you a better future. And you just didn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, I really didn't, you know, give a shit about school and uh, I didn't feel like it was for me. Um, so at the time I was just uh, hanging out, hanging out with the wrong people. The first lesson, major lesson learned is your environment makes who you are. Okay. I was in an in, in environment that was not healthy for me, for my growth at the time. Um, and uh, made a lot of mistakes during that time, just like a lot of teenagers, right? Um, sometimes, you know, I feel like, you know, how did I, I feel, I think, I think back, I'm like, how did I even make through that time? Um, so it was, now, uh, let, it was let me, let me rewind a little bit. So can we talk a little bit about the social economics, uh, uh, considerations of your family were you, was your family pretty well to do uh were they doing quite a bit better than uh the rest of your uh environment or um or you know 
were you hustling and struggling or, you know, how, how, because I want to understand how did your social economic role growing up in China affect, you know, your mindset at that point? Yeah, you know, pure middle class, right? Um, we were not poor, we were not wealthy, you know, both my parents were working, uh, just working class. Because um, I've never met your father, but your 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 mother's like a your monster. I mean, I, she's not a monster, but but she is your mother's amazing. I mean, she's you know in, in looking, all she's known is work, right? And to succeed and to push. And if you weren't with her, then you were against her. And uh, you she she could move mountains. I mean, her will is iron. Yeah. Um, I don't know about your father, but, uh, but I, I thoroughly uh, understand the, the willpower your mother has. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, she's, uh, she's very strong and uh, uh, very independent. Um, I mean, it's all because of her that I am here, you know, uh, with you, actually. So uh, without her, I, I don't know where I would have been, right? My, my father is completely different from my mother. You know, they're completely the opposite from each other. I don't know how they got, you know, together. And uh, that's probably why they ended up uh, getting divorced. You know, but, um, but yeah, so, um, you know, they're working class and uh, they're both busy. And uh, uh, my mom left first, uh, you know, she moved to the U.S. first and uh, she left me with my father and um, she was the more strict one. Um, so without her supervision, you know, I felt like I, I got the freedom. <laughs> I, so she I did, actually you know, left while you're in high school. Yeah. Or middle school. I was still in middle school. Yeah. Okay. So you were kind of uh, from middle school going into high school, you were under your father's watch, which yeah. basically kind of gave you a hall pass, allowed you to do pretty much whatever the hell you wanted. So you yeah. kind of only had to behave like if or when your mother came back uh, because she was the authoritarian one in your life. Exactly. So that's, you know, uh, I was in that environment. Um, I was not growing. I was not getting better, but I was getting worse. Um, so so the, the pivotal moment that I had was, you know, coming here, actually, changing the environment. That was the first lesson learned, I remember, right? Uh, an environment is so important to, you know, we always talk about you are who you hang out with, right? Um, and that is so true. I was exactly who I was hanging out with. Um, and until I got here, um, I was shocked, uh, with, the, you know, cause I didn't know I was going to be here. I, I, I didn't think I was ever going to be here. I gave up on it. I never studied English. That's why, you know, I, I didn't do well, uh, with English cause I never thought I was going to ever need it until I got here. I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Now what? I'm going to be here for some time, at least. Because <laughs> when I met you here, you had a completely different, like, uh, attitude or mentality. You were, one, your, your English was perfect. You were here for only, like, a year or two. But, you know, you didn't grasp the idiosyncrasies. And, you know, clearly we picked on you for that. Um, there has been some bullying in our relationship. Um, <laughs> and I, I am 100% guilty of that. I try yeah. not to today. But, um, you know, there, there has, there, there, there's <laughs> been some moments and we're, we're better. We have a better relationship today than we did then. Yeah. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, uh, 
I, I watched you, you know, study through uh, San Jose State and, uh, you know, you, you took things really, I wouldn't say super serious, but yeah, you were, you studied and you made the test and it, it was like this desire, like, I have to succeed. Uh, I have to at least make something of myself, you know, going, yeah. going through those years. Um, so where was that epiphany moment? Like when you landed in the U.S. or just the environment change? Yeah, uh, it's uh, like I said, you know, when I got here is that holy shit moment I had. I was like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm actually here. <laughs> I didn't. It was so sudden. The news came to me. It was so sudden. My, the last minute, my mom said, pack your bags. You're coming over. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I was already I was still working there right I thought that was my life I you know you're working at a fish market right it was a, a factory actually yeah it was a factory uh in the southern uh, southern China um that was absolutely the toughest job I've ever had you know so but anyway you know uh I I experienced that you know for, for my first job I experienced that how how little I knew how how little how inexperienced I was in life uh, and looking at other people at the factory you know how they were doing things I was just like wow I mean I'm so inspired by these people like even people that was a couple of years younger than me you know he was just taking charge and uh, managing the entire factory um, so I Whoa, didn't, so I, l- let me back up so you're you're you've been working there for a while now Right. And you're just going through the motions like in, in the U.S. We call it you just clock in at nine, clock out at five. You kind of do bare minimum. That's kind of what you're doing. But while you were doing that, you saw, you know, people who worked there less than you and were younger than you uh, advance and was promoted higher than you. Yeah. How did that make you feel? I felt like a loser. Honestly, it was my first job. You know, this is in China, right? It's my first job. Um, I was like. 17 ish right so um i had no working experience you know um i failed in school um i just you know i had no idea what i was doing did you have like animosity or you like held a grudge to those people or you no, wonder like I why, why couldn't that be me or you you kind of yeah. you kind of got it you kind of understood right like you didn't yeah. put in the work and you didn't even try you're just there doing the bare minimum yeah exactly i felt i i i was uh, uh i was looking up to the, those people actually uh i wish i had those capabilities they did that's you know that 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 mentality is so much more mature than like most people in that in that because uh, most people you know they don't respect people i mean I've always been the youngest in the roles I've taken on. And I've always had to earn the respect of those who are older than me, right? Even in my company and my team, I'm relatively young in my group. And I'm extremely young in my industry for doing what I'm doing. Um, But I think people generally know, you know, I paid the dues, I put in the work and uh, I'm fairly well, you know, this is just stoking my own ego, but, you know, I'm fairly respected in, in what I do. Um, but in another career, you know, uh, I was probably 
managing people in my late twenties and the people I was managing were like in their early forties. And I remember one guy was completely not okay with it. I mean, he just shut up and he just did whatever I told him to do uh, while I was in the office. But the guy clearly, you know, behind my back was talking. He was like, dude, I could do Wallace's job and I really should be doing his job. I shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing this. Yeah. But the funny thing was, you know, everyone knew his capabilities and everyone knew why I was doing what I was doing. Exactly. Um, but, you know, you having the, the mentality and the insight at that point saying, you know, hey, they're not my competition, but I could learn from them. And uh, what am I doing today that I could change so I could be more like them? I, I think that's a very deep uh, insight, especially at like 17. Yeah, I wasn't, of course, I wasn't aware of that. You know, I was just thinking like, you know, looking at, you know, I was putting the position that was in charge, actually, my first, very first job. And again, because my 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 aunt uh knew this person that owned the factory <laughs> he used to work for her so right. with that relationship she got me that job and um uh i wasn't supposed to be in that position you know I, I didn't know what i was doing but i was in charge of like managing this team of people packaging this stuff you know and i was also in charge of the storage like you know uh accounting I'm like, how do I, I don't know I'll do this stuff. And that is really a relationship-based economy. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. not what you know, it's who oh, yeah. you know. It's who you know, right? It's real. So these people, like you said, they were much older than me, 20s, uh, 30s, even 40s. I mean, they were looking at me like, who is this kid, right? I mean, I've been here for a couple of years now. I work my ass off. Why should I listen to this kid? Mm-hmm. So there was no respect, right? But at the same time, you know, at the time I didn't know, but, you know, later, you know, they actually, I got pretty good with these people. You know, they, they, I, I earned the respect, not because I, I knew what I was doing, just because I, I, I wasn't being uh, arrogant about it, you know, and they started helping me. They started being my friends, becoming my friends, you know, uh, but still I failed my job. They had to, you know, kind of, <laughs> it's interesting. They fired me from that one position and then put me in a different position within the same company, you know, because he, the boss didn't want to get rid of me because of that relationship between my, between him and my aunt. <laughs> so, um, but I failed. I, I, I really, I failed my first job. I failed. You know? So how long did it take for you to admit that, you know, I, I'm not good at this and I'm failing at what I'm doing. And then when you had that realization, what did you do? Well, that was the time, you know, I, I was lost and uh, I was going just with the flow. I had no, I, I had no plan, no plan. Okay. I didn't even think about tomorrow at that age and which situation really helped me because my mom just, uh, you know, called me up and say, you got to come here. So that's when I left, you know, and that forced me out of that environment, uh, forced me out of that, you know, kind of uh kind of life that had no direction so your mother was kind of she came in at pretty much just the right time because you were failing you were kind of getting really lost at this role in the factory and then your mother came in and plucked you out and literally plucked you across the world halfway around the world and said sunny you're starting a new life yeah 
completely new in the in the time of in the time frame of just uh, I don't know like a couple of weeks you know from China to here all of a sudden life's completely changed that's yeah, why I had that you went you went from a uh, shui to sunny yeah <laughs> right exactly. so uh, a little backstory shui is actually uh, Sunny's uh, Chinese name and when he got here they said hey I apologize about my dog. Uh, they said, "Sonny, you basically need to pick a pick a uh, English name." I just the reason that you know it was a, a family, uh, a friend at the time. You know, I worked for him. You know, uh, and my mom asked him to give me a, an English name. You know, at the time I thought it was good because uh, I every time uh, my someone called my Chinese name, I, I just uh, I was just like, "Oh my god, what the hell are they saying?" You know. They always pronounce like shui, shui, like all kind. I'm like, oh, please don't call me that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that was the that was the epiphany moment. So that was the epiphany moment, right? Your your environment really changes and shapes who you are. I, I mean, I think growing up, most of us have that similar story. Uh, I mean, I I grew up on uh, the I grew up in a little community called Evergreen in San Jose, and back then when we were living there, it was a new community. It's still orchards. It's like uh, and the reason we ended up out there is when my parents decided to go buy their first home or our primary home, we were living in an apartment in Sunnyvale at the time. And they were really looking to buy a home like in Sunnyvale or Cupertino or Saratoga along that area. And I think if they stretched it, they could afford it. But what they were talking about is they could afford um, not exactly a fixer upper, but it wouldn't be a new home. It would be a smaller, like, uh, ironically, I think we ended up in a three-bedroom, two-bedroom, two-bath home anyways, but it was split level. It was large. It was new. Uh, it looked way more expensive than whatever they were able to afford, like in Sunnyvale. I think if those are who are familiar in Sunnyvale, there's a bunch of Eichlers. And ironically, those Eichlers are worth so much more today. Uh, but they moved us out there because that's what they thought was the best uh, move at the time. And, and to give in context, this was probably in the mid 80s. Um, as, as we progressed, the neighborhood kind of went downhill. Um, you know, the, the families there were kind of a different social economic class. And um, you know, both of my parents worked their butts off and created a sense of privilege for my brother and I, we pretty much were able to get uh, kind of like you, you know, uh, whatever we wanted, um, whatever toys, whatever clothing, whatever, you know, they, they made us feel like, you know, we could pretty much take on the world. And also, uh, if there were any problems or things that arose, uh, there were solutions, right? We didn't really have to think if we got in trouble, then, oh, then call this person or we'll do that or we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it, right? So we kind of grew up with a false sense of responsibility. Um, and I don't know whether that's good or bad, but at some point, they, there was definitely a course correction. And um, in, in high school, you know, they were okay with me going to the elementary school and then the middle school. They were not okay with me going to the high school, especially with the set of friends I had then. Um, you know, later on, you know, I, I actually reconnected with, uh, with one of my closest friends a couple years ago, but he was like, dude, we were going to jump you in into our gang. And I was like, why, why, why would you even do that? Like, it's, it's not what I wanted. Right. I wasn't, I was never like a gangbanger. I was 
the kid that was, you know, I got along with everyone. Uh, you know, I didn't, uh, I wasn't the cool kid by any means, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't, uh, I, I was just really easygoing and, and really kind of got along with anyone, anyone who wanted to hang out, which is, I guess, kind of how we ended up hanging out. But um, at, at the same point, you know, my parents wanted me, put me into a different environment for uh, high school. And till today, I do think that's a bit disruptive, but I also understand that's a call every parents need to make because I think if a parent is doing what they're doing, that means raising children in the right and responsible way. Um, like we, you and I talk about this often, you know, um, if I were to have kids, I definitely want them to give them every advance and every advantage in life as possible, because I don't believe, you know, uh, it, just existing is fair, right? If I'm going to have a kid, I want to make sure that, uh, they feel like they could be anything they want and they could do anything they want in the world, uh, as long as it doesn't uh, negatively affect other people or their communities. I mean, they still have to be good people at the end. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I, I, I do relate to your, your story and your epiphany moment. And I definitely think that that is, uh, that's one of life's greatest lessons. Right. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I think uh, everybody, you know, like you said, you know, everybody, you know, has probably gone through similar things, you know, uh, from their childhood to to their into their adulthood. Um, That's kind of that. I, I learned something recently. How, how long do you think goldfishes uh, live? The lifespan of the average goldfish. Oh, I, I've heard this question before a long time ago. I I, I think there's a strange answer for this, but uh, interesting answer, but I don't remember. Uh, Put it this way. How long do you think most goldfishes live for? Like pet goldfishes? Two years, two to five. Right. Uh, That's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Um, the longest living goldfish is something like 45 or 55 years old. What? Goldfishes have a lifespan of 15. They should be as old as your cat or your dog, but most goldfishes die within two to five years. And it has everything to do with the environment. Wow. It turns out that, you know, goldfish poop is actually really toxic. And if mm. you don't have the right bacteria in the water, it doesn't break down. And also most goldfishes are kept in little cute gallon bowls. Yeah. One goldfish actually needs about 20 gallons of water and 30% of that water needs to be replaced every week. And it has to have the right bacteria and the right environment um, to sustain life. Uh, because if it's too small, there's hormones in the water that keeps goldfish small and they don't grow, but it really is. If you put something in the right environment, that living thing grows and thrives. But if they're in the wrong environment, it affects them the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great story, actually. Um, I think uh, I've also read this book, uh, um, I think about cells. And I think I've mentioned this to you before. Um, and this, this, the science basically studies cells. And he's discovered that same thing, you know, um, the cells are, uh, even though we have a certain genetic, you know, passed down from our parents, uh, but oh, cells, C E L L S. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you know, what really 
makes us is our environment. Yeah. So, uh, so that's actually very scientific. Um, so yeah, so that, that's, that was basically my first lesson learned is the environment. Uh, especially I would say at that age, if you were older, um, you know, forties or something, you know, um, maybe not, a, you know, if you're very strong minded, um, you have a set of ways of doing things, it may be a little harder to, to, uh, influence you, but at that age is very easy to be influenced. The yeah. I mean, we'll skip the life lessons and epiphanies there. I, I just wanted to note on those, uh, two things, at least my personal opinions there. First and foremost, I, don't believe it's ever too late to change no matter how okay. old you are. And, and you could always teach an old dog new tricks. The, the biggest hurdle to that is the old dog needs to be open to changing. They need to be open to new ways and trying different things. I think the biggest hurdle to one person's self-improvement is their mental dialogue. Their self-dialogue is saying it's too late for me. I can't change no one feels the way I'm feeling. Uh, no one relates to me. No one knows like the hurts and, and uh, what I'm going through. I, I mean, there are millions of people in the world. And one, if you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee you don't have the worst existence in the world. It means you're probably in uh, in a first world uh, nation. It means you have access to technology. It means you have access to simple things, right? You, you could be, you know, in a third world country, like in the slums of India, if you watch Slumdog Millionaire, or you could be in the throes of like uh, Vietnam, right? Or uh, gosh, you know, one of our buddies just went back to Mexico to hang out with his uh, handyman's family. And man, they were sleeping in a shack in like a hundred plus degrees and the mattress he was laying, not even a bed, a mattress was flea invested. Uh, I mean, life could get a lot worse, but I think that internal dialogue of, you know, why me and I can't change or it's too late, that is detrimental. Um, so we can always change our environment. We can always change our mindset, but it starts from within. Right. Yeah, I do believe that, um, like you said, you know, anyone can change if you have the will to change, right? Um, and um, if you're not too stubborn about it, you know, the way that you're doing things, uh, I think anybody has the capability to change. Uh, at a certain level, I do believe that, you know, um, I mean, in, in the beginning, I think uh, either, you know, you get out of the environment or you change yourself, right? Right. Uh, and don't let your environment make who you are. Right. Um, and, you know, at the, at the top of the level, I, I will say, you know, um, you can possibly even alter your environment with your state of the mind. Um, oh, 100%. Is, yeah. It, so. It's just like a lot of people, like, uh, I need to remind myself to be happy or I'm, I'm chasing happiness. I'm trying to figure out to be happy. And you're never going to be happy if you chase happiness because you're always chasing happiness. If you just wake up one day and look, if you're out there and trying to be happy, just do me a favor tomorrow when you wake up or better yet this next instant decide to, for today, I'm going to be happy and make your decisions from that because you truly believe you're happy and the decisions that you make and how it impacts the world around you changes immediately yeah like difference from trying to be happy to just saying i am happy 
and it, it, it affects the whole world. It's a domino effect. Right. If you take the ownership, you know, like you say, it's a choice. Um, we all have those choices, you know, um, the power to choice to make those decisions for ourselves, whether to be happy or sad. Um, and, uh, you know, how many times have we seen that uh, we're at a party, you know, which is maybe pretty dead and uh, one person shows up and brings the party back to life. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all need those, uh, uh, those people at, uh, at the party, the life, we call them the life, the party. And these people can change their energy, their vibe, you know, can change their environment, their surrounding. They, they vibrate, you know, they energize the people that are around them and they give positive vibes and, you know, to anyone that's nearby. Um, and those people have the power to change their environment. So, um, so I, yeah, I've always admired those people, you know. Uh, oh, they, but if they could, so could you, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So can, that being said, did you have another story in mind, another moment in your life that you wanted to yeah. chat about or? Sure. Um, you know, the, yeah, the second uh, lesson I learned, uh, that was a big one as well, right? Um, right after I came here. And, um, and, and you mentioned that, you know, um, you met me uh, probably when I was in about 20 years old at the time, you know, that was about a year or a little bit a year. I just got here. So, um, and, you know, at the time, you know, my English was already at least, you know, in a position to communicate with people, you know, they, they can actually understand me. Otherwise I wouldn't be working at a retail shop. Um, so from how do you, you know, how did I get from a zero English to, you know, to be able to communicate with people uh, in about a year or two, right? Uh, I would have to say, you know, first of all, dedicate to hard work because I made that decision that, holy shit, I'm here. I got to learn at least the first thing I need to learn is communicate with people. <laughs> if I wanted to live here, I wanted to thrive here, you know, not even just thrive, just to be able to survive. You know, I got to be able to speak the language. Um, so I put in a lot of work to, uh, to, to learn English. And, um, but one thing really interesting happened to me after that, after that a year or so, or a year or two, that I was able to start communicating with people. I start seeing results, my own results, which I never thought that I would. I always, growing up, but, you know, especially after that first job, you know, uh, dropping out of high school and all that. What do you mean? Trouble. What do you mean seeing your own results? Like seeing improvements in your own life? Yes. Uh, from the hard work I put in. Mm-hmm. And also that I am actually, I started thinking that I'm actually capable of doing this if I wanted to do it. I put in the effort. I didn't know that. Um, so what happened was interesting to me that the ability to, to communicate with people kind of gave me the confidence I needed at the time to continue to build, right? Um, and I start getting, you know, A's in the classes, you know, I got the momentum going. So that was kind of the mind shift and that's kind of what I saw, right? I didn't know you were getting A's. I just knew you were kind of studious and taking school kind of seriously. But I also didn't know that you were completely failing and at the other end of the spectrum in China at this point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so, you know, through, um, the academic, you know, the, the, the classes I was taking at school, you know, I had to start from like, I couldn't even, the first year, I couldn't even uh, take classes, you know, ESL classes in, in college because 
my English is too bad. You know, I took a placement test. They, they suggest that, you know, I, I should go to, uh, I should go to an adult school to start. Uh, and then I took another placement test at adult I school. I do remember you were in adult school. <laughs> yeah. For the first year. Yeah. Uh, I took another placement test at adult school and uh, the second lowest class actually took me. <laughs> I literally basically started from learning ABCD, you know, with the like 60, 70 year olds, you know, uh, foreigners, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, anyway, so, uh, but the, 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 you know, the way that I, I got out of there, uh, I was able to get back to uh, uh, junior college and start taking ESL classes and start taking these classes then doing well in classes, getting A's or, you know, I proved myself that, you know, actually I can do this. How did confident. that make you feel? It made you a lot more confident? Confident. Made you feel smarter? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, I also think just to interject, I think that's a lot yeah. of, uh, a lot of people, you know, if you tell a really smart person, uh, growing up that, you know, that they're not going to amount to anything that they're not smart enough that, um, you know, and ironically, I think this is kind of my mother, but my mother has always been kind of depressive and, you know, just like the typical, uh, Asian mother, it's, you know, to get a compliment out of them is like impossible. And instead of saying, I love you, they just kind of tell you to put on a jacket or give more food. I don't know what is it the cultural wise or what is it, but even till today, it's very hard for them to come to these things. But um, my mother's always like, and we kind of has a joke and it kind of built me into what I am today, but like, Hey, Wallace, you're just not as smart. You just got to study more. But uh, you know, I think that, I think that study more was really the difference because I think a lot of people who grow up uh, get the, you know, look, you're, you're just not as smart, you know, what is wrong with you. Right. And, and when you ask a kid that it's detrimental just because, you know, like what is wrong? They, they don't, they don't understand how the world is. They don't have that much experience. And that's a really difficult answer for someone in that position to, to answer. Uh, but I think the saving grace there was like, you know, Hey, you're not getting A's. So you should just study more or study harder than the next kid. It's okay. Right. And I think that gave me permission to kind of just do whatever the hell I wanted. Um, but, uh, you know, seeing that mind shift and hearing that mind shift in you from going from, you know, that the kid who couldn't, uh, basically relied on your parents connections to get you anything to start making something of yourself. Yeah. You didn't have a safety net in America, right? You didn't have anyone that would just like pick you up or lift you up. So now you're really on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily I had my mom, right? So, I mean, that, that's uh, what I'm grateful of. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Some people didn't even have that. Right. You know, uh, to begin with, in, you know, coming to this country all right. by themselves, you know, that's what my mom did, right? You know, sort of. Um, she started with nothing, right? And um, but you know, yeah, like you, you know, growing up, you know, I was been, I was told that I was slow, I was not smart. You know, parents, of course, my mom always, you know, made me feel that way. You know, told me that I was just not as smart as other kids, and right. <laughs> you know, my family was all, you know, other family members all tell me that, yeah, this kid is, you know, probably not going to do anything in life. <laughs> you know, dude, I, I, you know, one of my proudest moments in life is my parents don't compare me to shit anymore. Before is always <laughs> like, dude, look at this kid, and he's so smart, and he's on a roll, and they work at this company yeah. and they work at that. And I'm like, dude, fuck all that. Right. I mean, that used to drive me crazy. 
because it's now fuck it. I'll have anyone to answer to. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know, the problem with the parents, how, uh, we, we, first of all, we have to accept for who they are. They, they, they did what they knew. You the can't best. choose your parents. Right. That that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they, but also, they, they did their best you know? on, on the other note, uh, I run into, and this, this is just personal opinion in especially Asian cultures. There's this, um, reciprocity of like, you know, Hey, they brought me into the world. I need to take care of them. That's actually one thing. I don't think my parents believe in that. And I don't believe in that as well. It's our parents' choice to create life, to create kids. Kids weren't asked to be born, right? But kids need to thrive and figure it out on their own. And because two people came together and decided to bring life into the world. I do believe it's a parent's responsibility to ensure that kid has all the proper foundation, all the proper education and all the proper advantages that they could give that kid in life. But I don't believe that kid owes them a cent. If that makes sense. I absolutely agree. Um, Not saying that the kid is just completely selfish and doing their own things. Uh, I do believe in family contribution, supporting each other, but I don't think the expectation should be there, if that makes absolutely. sense. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, parents decide to have kids, like you said, is their choice. Uh, mostly, a lot of times, it's for selfish reasons, right? Uh, nobody forces you to have a child, uh, but because maybe social condition, family pressure, you know, uh, that you wanted a child. Radial in life is no one actually forces you to do shit. Right. You're in completely control of what you do and exactly. what you make out of yourself. So, right. You decide to have a child. Mm-hmm. If you decide to have a child, it's your responsibility to take care of the child. Make sure the child is going you know, to be safe, uh, going to be fed, closed. Right. That's your, your responsibility. Yeah. And they don't have to, they don't have to drip. Right. They don't have to like be decked out in Gucci or anything, but no, you know, parents do what they can. Right. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) parents do. uh, I, I like to give the benefit of the doubt and I'm always looking at the shiny side and I think parents do whatever they can to keep their kids, you know, happy and, and give them the best uh, future to within their means. Right. So honestly, uh, I I see a lot of times the kids breaking the parents because the kids want more, the kids demand more. They look at their like, Hey, you know, uh, Sonny's stripping Gucci. How come I can't be in Gucci too? You know, you're not working hard enough or there's something clearly wrong. Right. And I see kids really putting their parents on the spot these days. And it's not for me to say that's right or wrong. uh, But I definitely could see, you know, the, the parents in those situations, just like hearts like sink. Right. Uh, because they definitely want to provide for their kids, but at some point, you know, enough is enough at the same point. Right. You know, at the same time, how we raise our kids, it's, it's really up to us. Right. Um, the kids, you know, you can't tell the kid that, you know, you're born this way. Um, sorry, and you just this is how you are. Well, the truth is, the parents, you know, has something to do with their, you know, their 
their childhood, right? Um, how they were brought up. And they are responsible for uh, raising the kids in the, in the, you know, in a decent way. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do think, you know, uh, the parents have a lot of impact on a child's life. And um, I think that's their responsibility. Uh, of course, you know, when they grow, grow up, you know, into the adulthood, you know, uh, then, you know, the kid can make decisions for themselves. And you can't continue to blame the parents for your own faults anymore. So we see that all the time, too. You know, oh, I'm this way because my parents. And they continue to say that like that, you know, continue to blame their parents. Right. So that that being said, I just want and we're, we're closing up on time. But you're, you're still pretty close with your mom. I, I know you talk to her and you, you still I don't know if you visit her much anymore. But uh, you guys are I mean, she's on the Monterey Peninsula. You're in South San Jose. Um, you see your mom, you talk to your mom pretty frequently. You know, when I say pretty frequently, I mean, at least a couple times a oh. year, right? Oh, I mean, more than that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, how about your father? Do you still keep in touch with him? I know he had, he was going through cancer or. Yeah. Yeah. He recovered from that. And, um, uh, I talked to him, uh, through, uh, uh, WeChat, you know, that app and yeah, uh, once in a while. So yeah, we're, 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 you know, we're in touch. Yeah. I just haven't seen him for, for a few times, a few years, you know, because it's COVID thing. I can't really go back. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm glad to hear your father's still kicking around. Cause I do remember, uh, you talking a little bit, uh, through the whole cancer, uh, deal and, uh, shit when this pandemic ends, you know, I'm, I'm, if you want to push me out of my comfort zone, let's go to China. <laughs> I'm really not one, yet. not one to go to China, but yeah, you haven't been there. Right. So yeah. no, it's never been, it's never been on uh, like a, a place I want to go. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but fuck it. You know, we live once and we, we only regret the things that we don't do. Right. Exactly. So I, I don't desire to go back, you know, uh, unless it's the same family. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have, um, you know, I, I'd rather go somewhere else, believe it or not. So there's just, there's so many places I wanted to visit other than China. I grew up there for 19 years. You know, I've been there, you know, uh, a lot of times after that. And, you know, well, shit, let's do this. Let's compound it. Let's go to China. And then, let, and then you take me to China. I'll take you to Taiwan. Yeah. You, you, you've been to Taiwan. Yeah. I was just there like two years ago. Oh, oh ago? that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's one place I've always want to go to. So, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's It'll be fun. It. So, Sonny, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing stories. It was a delight, you know, uh, hearing about your epiphany moments. And I think we both learned quite a bit about each other in this yes. uh, episode. Those of you listening, hopefully you enjoyed it. Remember to review, comment, share this with your friends and family. And uh, yeah, drop comments. Be part of the conversation. Tell us, you know, what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, what you look forward to hearing about more and how you're growing uh, because of uh, this podcast and if we're helping you along your journey. Other than that, we'll see you in episode seven. Great.